And over the next few weeks, we're going to be looking at the vision that God has given us as a church, not just for this year, but for the upcoming season of ministry here from the church. big part of the 21 days of prayer and fasting that we had was to just hit pause and get before the Lord and ask for His will, His plan, not just for our lives individually, but for the church too, because we just don't want to blaze a trail and do our own thing. We want to make sure that we're waiting and hearing from God. And that's what this series is going to be about. And I will tell you this. There's a reason why we're doing a series on this, because what God has birthed in our hearts and in our spirits here at this church is way too big to cover in one service. So I'm excited about the next few weeks. Um, This is a big time in the life of the children of Israel, where we're fixing to pick up in Joshua chapter 4. An entire generation has died out. The generation that was led out by Moses from Egypt made it to the banks of the Jordan River and could not go across because of their lack of faith and their disbelief in God. That entire generation had to die out. Except for two people. A guy named Joshua and a guy named Caleb. Raise your hand if you heard about these guys before. Yeah. Great, great champions of faith and the Bible. So for Joshua and Caleb, this was a day that was long overdue. Because for 40 years, they have waited for this moment, for this opportunity. You ever waited for something? You ever had to wait, put in the time, and just spend a season of obedience to God, doing what you know He's called you to do, and not see the fruit from it? not see the breakthrough that you're believing for, not see the answer to prayer. This is what they were walking through. And to complicate the matter with them, their faith was solid. Their faith was strong. They were ready to do what God had asked them to do. But they were in a situation where they were being held up by the promise of God for their lives because of the disobedience of other people. You ever had somebody else's decisions affect your life in a negative way? Yeah, me too. This is what they're looking at. So God speaks to Joshua, and he says, it's time. It's time. Enough waiting, enough talk. It's time to cross over. And he tells him, I want you guys to cross over the Jordan River. And God gave Joshua some very specific instructions through this process, and this is where we're going to pick up. When the whole nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Choose twelve men from among the people, one from each tribe, and tell them to take up twelve stones from the middle of the Jordan, from right where the priests are standing, and carry them over with you, and put them down at the place where you will stay tonight. So Joshua did what the Lord said. He called together the twelve men, and he appointed from the Israelites one from each tribe, and he said to them, Go over before the ark of the Lord, your God, into the middle of the Jordan. Each of you is to take up a stone on his shoulder according to the number of tribes of the Israelites to serve as a sign among you. In the future, when your children ask you, what do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord when it crossed the Jordan the waters of the Jordan were cut off. 
These stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. God told Joshua, the first thing I want you to do when you cross over, 12 stones to represent the 12 tribes, and I want you to set them up at the place you're going to stay tonight as a memorial to remind you of what I have done. To remind you of my faithfulness. To remind you of my power. To remind you of my strength. And I think, too, that God did it to put it there because he knew the people of Israel were pretty stupid. He had just watched them murmur and complain the entire doggone trip from Egypt to the Red Sea, past the Red Sea, to the Jordan River. He had seen disbelief. And he said, you know what? I know what I'm dealing with here. We're going to put a little safeguard here, okay? We're going to put a little reminder here because I know what I'm dealing with with you guys. So I want you to build this memorial, this monument, to remind you of what I've done. So when you guys want to start complaining, think about what I've done. When you guys think you're a little too tired to do what the next task is, you stop and you remember what I've done. I want you to remember what I've done. And I think this is incredibly important to do that. It's important for us to take time in our walk with God to hit pause, I think, sometimes. And especially on the tail end of 21 days of prayer and fasting as a church, depending on what level you participated in in the church, it's time for us to hit pause again and reflect a little bit on what the Lord has done. Because when you think about what the Lord has done, it does a few things. And, and God was doing this for Israel for a specific purpose. Because when we stop and we remember and we stop and we, 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 we focus on what the Lord has done and we look back on his faithfulness, it, it's amazing to me. It, it, first thing it does is, um, one, it reminds us of God's faithfulness in the past. When you stop and reflect, it reminds us of God's faithfulness in the past. We serve a God that's faithful. Amen? And so... God speaking to Israel and says, look, I don't want you guys to forget. I don't want you to forget the years that you were in bondage and slavery in Egypt. And I don't want you to forget that I sent my servant Moses to look Pharaoh in the eyes and say, you got to let the people go. I don't want you to forget about the plagues that I hit Egypt with so that they would let you go. I don't want you to forget about how Pharaoh's army chased you down to the Red Sea and you were trapped there with no escape. I don't want you to forget that I parted the sea and you walked across on dry ground. I don't want you to forget my faithfulness. I don't want you to forget that I made a cloud go above you to lead the way as you walk through the desert in the day to protect you from the heat of the sun so you could get where I was telling you to go walking in the shade. I don't want you to forget that I sent a pillar of fire to go before you at night to keep you warm and to light the way and to keep away the predators because I love you that much. I sent you out in style. I don't want you to forget about the manna. I don't want you to forget about the water from the, the rock. I don't want you to forget about the things that I've done I don't want you to forget about the promise that I made to you that you're walking in today because I have been faithful time and time again. And I want you to remember that I will be faithful today. I will be faithful tomorrow. Guys, I'm telling you, the God that we serve is faithful. He's faithful. He's faithful. Hebrews 10 reads like this. 
Hebrews 10, verse 23 reads like this. It says, Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful. He's faithful. How many of y'all seen the faithfulness of God in your life? He's faithful. He's faithful. I want to encourage you today. I don't care what you're walking through or what situation you're facing. The same God that got you through yesterday will see you through today. Amen? And it's good to think back on the victory. Sometimes we get frustrated in our walk with God and we say, man, I wish I could just get victory over this area of sin in my life. I wish that I could be further along because I see other people and their walk with God and they seem like they got it together and I feel like I'm falling apart. But I want to encourage you to look back at where you started. And I bet you're going to see some gap between where you started and where you are right now. There might be some gap where you're trying to get to, but there's some gap from where you used to be. You might not be where you want to be in God right now, but I promise you this, you're probably not where you used to be. And the same God that was faithful to help you grow, to help you get where you are right now, is the same God that can get you where you need to be in your walk with Him. Don't get frustrated. Don't get aggravated. Don't give up. Don't listen to the lies of the enemy telling me you don't have it together, that you can never be a man of God, that you can never be a woman of God. The same God that started that good work in you, the Bible says, is faithful to carry it out to completion because he's faithful he is faithful amen he's faithful he's faithful we serve a faithful god he will not leave us he will not walk away from us he's right there beside us he's watching us from the back and he's going before us to prepare the way he's faithful so god says i want you to remember what i've done in the past i want you to remember what i've done in the past because I've got a track record of consistency. I have not failed. And I'm never going to fail. And that's the other thing. that stopping to remember what God has done, does for us. Because it reminds us of the potential of today. Because what he's done in the past gives us faith to carry out what he's called us to do today. doesn't matter what the mountain looks like. doesn't matter what the giant looks like doesn't matter what the challenge looks like. Because if he was faithful then, he's faithful today. Amen? And I was praying one night during the 21 days of prayer and fasting. and Man, I'm just telling you, that's done wonders for your pastor's spiritual life. I'm just telling you, man. I feel like a new creature right now. Um, remember sitting in this room, not this room, but the other room. I was sitting in the room, and I was just praying. I was praying over the vision of this church and praying over you guys, because you know you got a pastor that prays for you, right? you got a staff that prays for you. We pray for you. I was praying, Lord, you know, what, what's this next step you're calling us to do as a church? Because I, I don't want to have... A plan that looks good on paper. I want your plan. I want you to speak to me in the leadership of this church and, and let us know what you're calling us to do because life is too short to waste on a good idea. I want God's idea, God's plan, you know. I was praying and the room kind of got quiet between songs and felt the presence of the Lord come in. And he told me, open your eyes. And I opened my eyes. 
And he said, look around. And I started looking around, and I just got overwhelmed with emotion, overwhelmed with God's spirit moving in my heart. And I realized, and maybe you haven't thought about this in a while, but I want you to think about this. And I realized <clears throat> I was praying for the vision of God for this church on how we were going to impact this community and this world from here to maximize this location, to see lives change for the kingdom of God. And I realized this time last year, this location was just an idea. It's just a thought. You think about that for a second, guys. This time last year, we took this idea and put it before the church and said, hey, here's something that God might be doing. Let's take some time to pray. Let's take some time to decide. And let's see if this is the move the Lord would have us make. I began to think about all the stuff that, that had to take place to get this building to the condition that it's in right now. It's amazing how you go through sometimes and you just forget. I brought some photos to show you. And they're just going to start sliding through these things. This is amazing to me. I'm going to sit right here on the front row while they slide through these. <clears throat> this is this room we're in right now. I don't know if y'all remember the beautiful mural that was on that wall. That's the foyer before we took out the wall, after we took out the wall to open up for the, where the coffee area is right now. A lot of people came in and volunteered a lot of hours, a lot of projects. That's the stage that you're looking at right now. That's the first coat of paint that went on the next-gen room to get it ready for our first service. I remember all the, the volunteers and the hours and the time and the long nights. and That's a media booth we're putting together there. Getting ready to paint the ceiling in here. Look at all that sheetrock mud on the wall. We started sanding that stuff, and it looked like a cocaine factory blew up <laughs> in here. It was insane. Busting up concrete. Tony Hart came up here with that jackhammer, and he used it for a little bit. And then he got this mischievous look on his face, and he said, Hey, why don't you guys try this? And he sat back in the corner, and he laughed at a bunch of guys trying to run that thing. It was hilarious. New flooring going in throughout the building. Had a company donate the labor to put in that floor. Had companies donate paint to make what we did in here possible. Somebody get that door. Stage is coming together. It's amazing. Think about all the work and man hours. It took us three months to renovate this place, give or take. Such a dedicated group of people. We had a lot of people come in to serve and do what their skill level would let them do in the church. And then we had this smaller group of just incredibly dedicated people that were here day in and day out. Making this happen. Because we wanted to have a place where we could worship God. I don't know if y'all remember what the outside of this building used to look like. 
It looks a little bit different today, huh? Painted the inside, the outside, ran electrical to get all this together. My back is starting to ache looking at all of this stuff. Carpet going in on the stage now. First worship practice in here, getting everything set for the first service. Still didn't have the electrical finished in here either. Such dedicated people to make this happen. First service. I don't know if y'all remember that, you guys that were here. Such a great time. We dedicated this place to the Lord. You realize we've had a summer, a fall, and a Christmas service here already. Seen dozens of people give their hearts to the Lord. Seen God made a way. Where on paper there wasn't really a way. We watched people give sacrificially. Boy, we've had some fun services. <laughs> Watch people give sacrificially to make this place happen. We started this journey. We didn't have a down payment. We didn't have a budget for renovation. We didn't have any of that, you know, and from a perspective of wisdom and just common sense, you know, it probably wasn't the right move to make then. Couldn't just, just couldn't get away from the prompting of the Lord, the prompting of the Lord. We raised above and beyond what we needed to raise for down payment and renovations for this building because God provided. God provided. This is what's crazy. As we raised above and beyond from here to see God provide for this building so that we could reach this community out of it. Other churches got excited about it too. You guys forget about this stuff. Y'all remember? We had a church from another state hear about what was going on and said they wanted to partner with us and they wrote a check for a little over $10,000 to invest into this church to help us reach our community for the kingdom of God. That's awesome. See, y'all want to clap, but you feel like you can in church. Y'all should give God praise for that right there because he's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. Forget about these things sometimes, you know, when you don't think because stop and reflect on it. You don't think about the goodness of God that's got you to this point. I never want this building to feel normal because God didn't give us this building in a normal way. Guys, we are having service in a financial miracle. We are having service in a construction miracle, okay? We are having service in a gift and a miracle from God that he gave us to reach this community with. Don't forget what he's done. Don't forget what he's done. In and through this church since then. So many lives have been changed. You know, another thing it does for us is that when we think about what God does, it reminds us of his promise for tomorrow. Reminds us of his promise for tomorrow. Because his faithfulness yesterday gives us the boldness we need for today and the confidence for today. But it also reminds us that we can trust him for the things that he's promised us that we haven't seen 
yet. How many of you know that if God's promised you something, He will keep His word and He will follow through on it every time? Joshua four nineteen. I want to finish reading the rest of this chapter to you, or this last little section, rather. It says, On the tenth day of the first month, the people went up from the Jordan and camped at Gilgal on the eastern border of Jericho. Joshua set up at Gilgal the twelve stones they had taken out of the Jordan. He said to the Israelites, In the future, when your descendants ask their parents, What do these stones mean? Tell them, Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the Jordan before you until you had crossed over. The Lord your God did to the Jordan what he had done to the Red Sea when he dried it up before us until we had crossed over. He did this so that all the peoples of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful so that you might always fear the Lord your God. Reminds us of the future. I love how Joshua connected the Red Sea to what was happening there in that moment. He said, <laughs> he did it then. Remember that he did it again. The first time they crossed over the Red Sea in that body of water, they were crossing over because they were escaping from Egypt. They were trying to escape Pharaoh's army that was att- trying to attack them. Y'all remember the story, Right? God split. They walked across on dry ground. That's the first time. When God parted the waters of the Jordan, they weren't crossing over because they were trying to escape Egypt anymore. They weren't crossing over because they had an army chasing after them. When they crossed over this time, they were crossing over into the promise of tomorrow. They were walking into the promise of God. You know, what's cool to me too is that Joshua was talking about how this was going to, what he was building there with these 12 stones was going to serve as a reminder and a memorial for their descendants. And when God spoke about it, he said, set this up as a reminder for generations to come of what I have done for you. Do you realize that when he said that, they hadn't even crossed over the Jordan River yet? They weren't even in the promised land yet? They haven't fought the battle of Jericho. They haven't fought the first battle. They haven't pulled the first sword. They haven't strength pulled back the first bowstring. They were just crossing over the Jordan River. And he said, for generations to come, I want them to remember what I have done for you in the past. God was speaking over the whole territory like it was already the children of Israel's because he had already promised it. And when God says something, it's done. When he said, let there be light, what was it? There was light. When he promised that land to the children of Israel, it was theirs. It didn't matter what army was on it. It didn't matter how many giants were there. The territory was theirs. God was building their faith again and saying, look, you had not even fought the first battle yet, but I've already given you the victory. So I want you to build this monument in faith before you fight the first battle so the generations to come who are already living in the victory in the future that I've given you in the past. Are you following this? He says, I have already done it. I want you to remember this because I am a God that is faithful. I've kept my word, and I will always keep my word. It's powerful. So powerful, man. God's made a lot of promises to us as a church over the years. And we've seen him 
come through on his word time and time again. There's a lot of things that he's spoken over us as a church that have yet to come to pass. But if he spoke it, are you following me? If he spoke it and he promised it, it's there. It doesn't matter how many giants we face. It doesn't matter how many armies. It's there and it's ours before we draw the first sword to fight and claim the territory. Not just for a church, but for your life and your family and your health, your job situation. The Lord has promised it. It's yours. The rest is just detail. Is this building your faith this morning? It's building your faith this morning. It's a powerful moment in, in the life of Israel. and It's a powerful moment for us as a church. As pastor and being involved in ministry in different churches and seeing different seasons like some of you guys have in this room, you know there seems to be two prevalent mindsets that people adopt and have in the Christian world. And I divide it between churchgoers and people who have an authentic relationship with God. Because there's a difference between a churchgoer and someone that has an authentic relationship with God. The mindset one is more of a churchgoer. And it says this. This is a focus and a career and a goal for them in church and for their lives. Just to get as much as I can out of life on earth while I wait for my time to go to heaven. I'm going to live my life. I'm going to do my thing. I'm going to be a good church-going person. I know I've been forgiven. I'm not going to do any crazy sin. I'm just going to bide my time until I can get into heaven. Because I know Jesus died for me. I want to go hang out with him. And there's a second mindset. And this is the one I want us to have as a church. The mindset, too, is to take as many people to heaven with me as I can. That's the heart of Jesus. That's the heart of Jesus. We're in this building because of the giving and the sacrifice of a lot of people. Because they took their stones and laid them down before the Lord. They decided they wanted to give to something that was going to live on after them, something that was going to make an eternal impact. See, our church is here because of generations, generations. This church was founded in the 60s, I think. Different names, different pastors, different locations. We're here today because of the sacrifices of generations that have come before us. The only reason I'm here preaching to you is because of the influence of people at key times in my life. The only reason you're here is because somebody took a moment to surrender to the Lord speak the truth to you as we look back over our lives we see these memorials and these monuments and the fruit of sacrifice and the fruit of time waited and time spent and time invested and money invested and sacrificial giving do you know how much blood is hidden 
on the walls of this church underneath this paint? A lot. I don't know how many men and women I saw walking around with band-aids and just ghetto duct tape band-aids wrapped up on their arms. Guys just trucking along, doing the work, doing what needed to be done so that we could be here today. I want us to have the second mindset, guys. We got an opportunity with our lives to build one of two lives. One of two monuments. One of two memorials. Either we're going to do our own thing and build a great life. What we don't realize is that building a great life, nothing necessarily wrong with that. Nothing necessarily wrong with that. But I think a lot of people in a lot of churches, and I talk to pastors all the time, and the greatest issue that they're having in their church right now, I want everybody to look at me, okay? I'm a pastor right now. I'm a pastor always, but I want you to listen. Pastor, one moment right now. The people in their churches are too God-blessed busy with stuff in their lives to do anything of value for the kingdom of God. They have built a life and have built a memorial. They, they've structured their whole life to say, I want to live a life and do my thing and then punch my ticket when it's time to go so that I can go to heaven. And they have forgotten the whole purpose of this thing. What they don't realize is by the commitment of time and the chasing the job and chasing the money and chasing all the stuff you're supposed to have in this life and not setting the kingdom of God as a priority, the stones that they built as a memorial have walled them away from everything that they could be doing for the kingdom of God. And they're not an altar anymore. They're not a memorial anymore. They become a barrier. Are you following me? I want to build something to the glory of God for generations to come. Generations to come. We're able to point back and say, that marker there for that season is when we stepped out in faith for this. That marker there for your children to be able to look at you and say, Daddy, why do we give to the church the way that we do for you to be able to look at it and say, because we don't have anything that we have without first coming from God. I don't want us to get so bottomed up in car payments and house payments and debt that we don't have anything to give to outreach or missions or to help battered and abused women or to help promote the gospel in the community or to help see people saved. We're so caught up with building things for ourselves that we don't have any left over to build anything for the kingdom of God. Are you with me this morning? I want to see it. Man, these decisions every day, guys, they matter. What are you building with your life? What kind of monument are you building with your life for the glory of God? I want to challenge you. See, I can't make this decision for you, man. I can't make this decision for you. I want to challenge you. To make the decision that your whole life is going to be about the eternal things that matter. Building the kingdom of God. Now, I know we still got bills to pay. I know the kids still need to eat. I know we still need clothes to wear. There's still responsibilities. I get that. But not to be consumed by the pursuing of these things. We get to the place where Jesus says, what does it profit a person to gain the whole world? But to lose their soul in the process. I don't want us to fall into that trap. I want to challenge you to build something that's going to last and something that's going to matter. 
Amen. To take as many people to heaven as we possibly can. To build a memorial that's going to give glory to God and not serve our purpose. Because at the end of the day, that's all that's going to matter. None of the stuff we can take with us, the only thing we can take with us is what we do for the kingdom of God. It's the only thing that has eternal value. And I was praying over these last 21 days, and I was like, God, give us, give us your vision and your heart. And I had already started working down and writing down some things on paper, and the Lord kind of hit pause, and I had worked out some goals for this year and some things that I thought would be cool to work the, the church towards and just praying over to see if it fit with what the Lord was wanting to do, you know. And None of it felt right. And last week, I, I just took a day after all this praying. and I took a day, and I just built a fire, a little campfire. And I just stood in front of that fire all day. Hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours with a notepad and Bible. And just sitting before the Lord and different times during the day. Not all at once, but different times during the day. He began to speak to me. Dropped things on my spirit. And it was absolutely nothing like what I had on that piece of paper. And I was so grateful And I want you to hear me. I don't want my agenda for this church. I don't. I don't want my vision for this church. I don't want my plan for this church. I want his. that matters for this church for my life it's all I want God began to drop stuff on my heart began to write it down and the promises that he made and the vision that he gave guys it's huge is huge and it's so much more than we could ever do on our own I was amazed at what we were able to accomplish when we all banded together to make this happen and to see God move and God bring in provision and I'm telling you there's no way we can do this without him and there's no way we can do this by ourselves because he's going to have to bring in he's going to have to bring in new people He's going to have to bring in new provision. He's going to have to bring in all the tools and resources we need to accomplish this. Because on paper right now, we don't have it. Sound familiar? We don't have it. It's so big what he put on my spirit, it's scary. It's so scary. Because for me to stand up and tell you what I believe God has put on my heart for this church, see, once it gets out, it's out. You understand? Once it gets out, it's out. 
And if I say what I believe God has put on my heart to the scale and scope that God has put it on my heart, that's a huge commitment from a guy like me to say it because I'm stepping out because if he doesn't keep his word, guess he's going to look like a donkey. But you know, I know my God better than that. What is it, Josh? I'm telling you, God has not given us a plan for this year, church. God has given us his vision and what he's going to do in this church over the next five years. And I saw it just as clear as I'm looking at you guys right now. What is it, Josh? I'll give you an overview. We just don't have time today. We just don't have time today to get into it. This is going to be something we're going to discuss over the next several weeks as we get into what he's calling us to do and some logistics of what he's called us to do immediately that's going to build towards the long-term goal and plan that he's given us for this church. We're going to look at community outreach for this church. We're going to answer questions like how many people we can reach for Jesus over the next five years, what that's going to look like for our church because there's going to be some dramatic changes in our strategy and our plan and what we're going to do and how we're going to do it if we're going to accomplish what God is calling us to do. Are you guys with me on this? It's going to be amazing. Um, How many people can we see baptized? That's huge. Do you know that when a person is baptized in a church, that their retention rate over the years sits at 70%. When they're not baptized, their retention rate, they're just saved in a church, it sits around 30 to 35%. Getting people baptized is huge. We have to change our strategy a little bit. Um, what can we do for missions as a church? God gave me a number that scared the mess out of me. He gave, me, he gave me a vision. that It's scary because I know there's no way we can accomplish it if you look at where we are today. But what I love about God is he's not looking just at today. He sees tomorrow all at the same time. It's exciting to me. And another big question is, how can we reach and invest in our next generation? These are things that we're going to be looking at over the next few weeks. We're going to answer those questions. So listen, I'm asking you, if at all possible. I know you may have previous plans. You might be listening on this podcast right now and you miss service today. Listen, if you can get into church over the next few weeks, I want you to hear this vision. I want you to hear my heart. I want you to hear what the Lord is calling us to do. Because I want you to be here to pray through this. You realize this isn't... that So many times in churches, the pastor will get up and he'll try to talk people into doing something, you know, and you can feel when that's happening in a room. There's something that's not sincere or genuine about that, and I, I don't want that. I'm not trying to sell anybody on anything, okay? I want you to pray, and I want you to do what God lays on your heart to do during this process. But I do know this. Some of you guys that aren't involved are about to become involved. There's going to be some new ministries birthed out of this church over the next couple of years, and some of you that are in this room right now are very key to making that happen. It's a powerful vision from the Lord that he's given us, and it's something that we have to do together. You understand this? It can't be, 
It can't be. We can't take the position of, well, we'll sit back and wait and we'll see what they'll do and then we'll jump in if there's actually something to this. Man, God is calling us to do this, church, and there's no time to waste. There's no time to waste. So over the next few weeks, we're going to be covering these goals and believing in God, and it's going to take commitment, and it's going to take sacrifice, and it's going to take time from, from some of us. For some of us, it's going to be time early. For some of us, as we grow, it's going to be time later on. It's going to take tremendous investment from us in time and ministry and money to make this stuff happen. Just like every generation before us. It's gotten us to where we are today. Just like it took to get us into this building that we're in today. And I can't wait to see five years down. I can't wait to see three years down the road to see what God has done. Why? So that we can look back and we can give glory to our God in heaven and say, look what he did. Look what he did. Look at the doors that he opened. Look at the provision that he brought in. Look at the people that have been saved and baptized and lives that have been changed because that's what it's all about. Amen? I want you to stand with me this morning. Isaiah 6, 8. Reads like this. It says, Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? This is what I want the heart of our church to be. And I said, here I am. Send me. Send me. Because I don't want to waste my life building some junk that's not going to last. I want to build a memorial to the Lord with my life that generations will look back on and see the glory and faithfulness of God. I want my children to see it in my life. I want my wife to see it in my life. I want my grandchildren and their grandchildren to know that I was a man of God and I gave everything that I had to him. What about you? What about you, Eastgate? Are we just going to get together and have church in a building that God gave us and be comfortable and just hang out with our relationships and friendships and ride that out to the end? Till we finally, the last person dwindles off and we can't afford to stay in a building anymore 15, 20 years down the road when there's no youth, when there's nothing but a bunch of gray-haired people that love each other's company but haven't thought about doing anything for the kingdom of God. Because church after church after church after church after church meets that fate all across this country because they get bottled in because they're chasing stuff that doesn't matter. I don't want that to be the case with this church because God's got a calling and a plan for us. Amen? I hope this is at least starting to burn in your heart a little bit the way that it's burning in mine right now. See, I've got the benefit of of praying over this for a little while now. So God's been burning this inside of me. Some of y'all are hearing this for the first time right now, and I get that. Over the next few weeks, I want you to catch what I've got in my spirit, and I want you to be able to see it like I can see it. I want you to be able to to feel not just the presence and power of God. I can't even think about it without getting excited because I know what God is going to do. But we all have to take the position. Here I am. Here I am, Lord, send me. I can't do that for you. And I'm not even going to try to talk you into it. This is what I told the Lord. I said, Lord, I'm going to put the vision out to your people. I've never been a guy who wants to try to 
to prod and push people, man. I believe that you feed the hungry and you get on fire and the people that want the fire will follow the fire, you know. Lord, you speak to your people about what you want them to do. Whatever that step is, whatever that level is, whatever that ministry is, whatever the commitment is over the years, you speak to them. I am never going to drive your people towards something. We are always going to be a church that's led by the Spirit of God. Me as a pastor and you as part of this church. You realize this isn't a me and you or a leadership and congregant. This isn't a us and them. This is us together as a family of God doing what he's called us to do. As a family. As a family. And you've got just as much part to play as I do. And honestly, in a way, you've got more. Because there's only so much I can do. There's so many hours I can work. There's only so much I can preach. But when we step out as the family of God, as the army of God, now that, that 